Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, we come before you tonight and first and foremost we'd like to say thank you. We would like to say thank you because you have been kind to us. We'd like to say thank you, Lord, because in your mercy, your kindness and your grace, you have demonstrated that you are quite a remarkable God. We thank you. We thank you for everybody who is about to join and we ask Holy Spirit that by your power, by your grace, those who are joining tonight and those who will listen, and we appreciate many do listen on the podcast. Father, we ask that tonight will be a night that honestly we remember for good. Father Almighty God, we ask that you are glorified. We ask that you present the word to us in a simple fashion so that we may glorify your name. We worship you, my Father. We ask you to be exalted. But most of all, we ask you to make the Bible simple tonight. Thank you in everything. We glorify your name in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, um, you're most welcome to tonight. And so what we're going to wrap up, we've been speaking about what now for the last two weeks, as in when you have fasted and when you will, hopefully when you fast again, what do you do afterwards? And so tonight we're going to wrap up that series and we have, we've gone through eight things. So we're going to deal with thing number nine or item number nine tonight. So we're going to look at that and we're going to start by looking at the words of Jesus and then we'll go from there. So if you could turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six, and that will be our reading for tonight. And we've got a lot to go through, but we are going to focus on a particular section. But let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, and I'm just going to get there. Okay. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to read up to our reading for tonight. And I'm going to read in the Bible in basic English. When we start explaining it, Um, I will be explaining it more than likely from the King James Version of the Bible. Um, You can follow along in any version of the Bible that you have. And and so hopefully that will be fine. Let's begin. Um, I'm reading from Matthew 6, verse 1. And and I'm going to read in the Bible in basic English, and then we'll go from there. So this is our reading. So Matthew 6, verse 1, and then we'll read down. The Bible says, take care not to do your good works before men, to be seen by them, or you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. When you give money to the poor, do not make a noise about it, as the false-hearted men do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may have glory from men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you give money, let not your left hand see what your right hand does so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will give you a reward. And when you make your prayers, be not like the false hearted men who take pleasure in getting up and saying their prayers in the synagogue and at the street turnings so that they may be seen by men. 
Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you make your prayer, go into your private room, shutting the door, say a prayer to your father in secret, and your father who sees in secret will give you your reward. And in your prayer, do not make use of the same words again and again as the Gentiles do, for they have the idea that God will give attention to them because of the number of their words. I'm now at verse eight. So be not like them because your father has knowledge of your needs even before you make your request to him. Let this then be your prayer. Our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Let your kingdom come, let your pleasure be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us this day bread for our needs and make us free of our debts as we have made those free who are in debt to us and let us not be put to, to the test but keep us safe from the evil one for if you let men have forgiveness for their sins you will have forgiveness from your father in heaven but if you do not let men have forgiveness for their sins you will not have forgiveness from your father for your sins and when you go without food, this is verse 16, and this is our focus, ladies and gentlemen. So verse 16 to 18 is our focus tonight. And then we, we're going to say a lot more. And when you do go without food, be not sad-faced as the false-hearted are. For they go about with changed looks so that men may see that they are going without food. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you go without food, put oil on your head and make your face clean so that no one may say that you are, no one may see that you are going without food, but your father in secret and your father who sees in secret will give you your reward. And then the Bible says, Make no store of wealth for yourselves on earth where it may be turned to dust by worms and weather, where thieves may come in by force and take it away. But make a store for yourselves in heaven where it will not be turned to dust and where thieves do not come in and take it away. For where your wealth is, there will your heart be. Let me stop reading there. So that is Matthew 6, reading from verse 1. And so I just put that in for anybody who missed it. So Matthew 6, we read from verse 1 and we stopped at verse 21. You can read, ladies and gentlemen, in your own time, all the way up to verse 33, which is absolutely, uh, verse 34, which is absolutely amazing. Great scriptures, um, great scripture. But we'll stop at verse 21 and, and there's a reason. The reason we stopped at verse 21, and I'm going to switch back to the, the King James Version of the Bible. Now, the reason we stopped at verse 21, in verses 7, 16, 17, and 18, Jesus tells us the last thing you need to do when you have gone on a fast. So let's look at what he says. And I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible this time. The Bible says, but moreover, now that word is critical, um, moreover, when you fast, that means Based on everything I have just said, what I am now saying is directly connected to what I said before. Now, what has Jesus just said? He's explained how to be kind to people, but he's also then 
articulately explained prayer. So he's explained prayer. And he says, moreover, that means on top of what I've just said, continuing on from what I have just said, he says the following. He says, when you fast, now that's, we've, we've spoken about that. We've realized that fasting, ladies and gentlemen, is something that must become a life, um, a habit for all of us as Christians. It's something that we really can hold on to. He says, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, that is truly with all the truth within me, they have their reward. So the focus, Jesus's focus is a reward. Now, he then says the following, verse 17, but thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face. Basically, look absolutely normal. Don't walk around in. Um, there was a habit at that point in time that when the Jewish people fasted, they will put on sackcloth and ashes. So it was obvious to everybody. So they will put on rough clothes, that clothes made out of very rough material, sackcloth. So it's very roughly woven to indicate that they were very trite and contrite. They would then put dust on their head to show that things had literally torn apart. The Lord says, when you fast now, don't do that because when someone sees you like that, you they automatically then celebrate the fact that you are a very pious person and you have your reward. Jesus said the reward is important. And so this is number nine. I'll go, I'll go through the whole list and then you'll understand where number nine sits. And he says, moreover, when you fast, so we've got there. Then he says, but thou when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face. We've spoken about that just now. And then the Bible says the following, that thou appear not unto men to fast. So no one will know you're fasting. And then the Bible says, but unto thy father, which is in secret or is invisible. Okay. And so then the Bible says, um, which seeth in secret. And the Bible says, shall reward thee openly okay shall reward thee openly now notice what jesus says he said there is a reward for fasting and so what is the thing that you need to do what's number nine so we've gone through eight different things that we said we should do once you've had a when you go through um, a season of fasting and we'll, I'll give you a refresher somewhere later before we, before we get to the end. And, but number nine, so number nine is what do you do? You expect a response from God. And it's very, very important that you have an expectation of God stepping into your world. Okay stepping into your world to do something. Now it's 7.14, ladies and gentlemen. And so we're going to take our declaration. So we'll do that together. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves. We pray. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins 
and heal our land. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, so if you screamed out Amen, wherever you are, that's absolutely wonderful. And like I said, these confessions are doing something special. So, so let me just pause for a moment and then remind you, Jesus said, when you fast, number nine, expect a response from God. So the only question we have to answer tonight, and this is, and this will allow us to do, um, to do have a refresher is, so when we say, Jesus says this, he said, expect a response from God. So on top of everything else we've said, on top of everything else we've said in, over the last two weeks, and I'll run through the list really quickly, I want you to realize number nine is critical because number nine allows the Lord to step into your world and the expectation that you have is critical. And so Jesus says, expect the Lord to reward you openly. Now, so let me go through really quickly the other eight things that we said, and then I'll continue with nine. Um, so number one is do what you have prayed for. Number two, fight to keep the gains you have won. Number three, build your world with your words. Number four, never underestimate the power of a routine. Number five, testify. And from last week, I've been getting some really amazing testimonies. So really keep that going. Number six, ramp up your Bible study. And we said Bible study is read, study, meditate, confess, and then do. So please keep that list in mind. Number seven, replace a period of fasting with a season of moderation. Number eight, do what God has told you to do in your season of fasting. And so we come to number nine. And number nine is going to get, a, a, it deserves special attention because it's this, you must expect a response from God. Because Jesus says, the Lord will reward you. That means a reward, it's not based upon, it's not, a salary. It is not a transaction. A reward is something in the heart of the person who appreciates what you've done. The Bible says God will reward you. Okay. So God will reward you. So, and also, so that's really key. So I want you to keep that in mind. So we're going to look at the only question we have to ask ourselves is, so what exactly is the reward? Now we're also we're going to have a look at, so what is it? So we have to expect a response from God. So let's look at the, um, a section of the Bible that talks directly about how God will respond to a season of fasting that he approves of. And so I'm going to ask you to come with me. And this is, this is the beautiful thing about the Bible. And, and I'm going to show you throughout today. Remember, the Bible explains itself. 
So whenever you read the Bible, if you see something in the Bible, especially when you read something that Jesus says, you can you can go back and say, okay, Lord, what other areas did you speak about this that I can actually understand where this came from? So Jesus said, expect a reward. So there must be somewhere in the Bible where God says, this is the kind of reward I want to give. So you know what to expect. So it's not a mystery. So God's intervention in your lives will not be a mystery. And so let's have a look at that really quickly because I want to give time for questions. I've already got one really good question and I'll answer it. Um, I'll, I'll answer it before we go on. Let me just make sure I've got that and I'm gonna copy it. But while I'm doing that, could you please turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 58. So I've got that, so I've got the questions for tonight. Um, yes, so we've got number one. Um, so let me just put week three. This is the beautiful thing about having your computer in front of you, fantastic. So please turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 58. Uh, okay. And this is the verse of scripture where Isaiah speaks about fasting. Um, and I'm going to read it in the old King James. If there's things that are not clear, I may go to the Amplified and I may go to other versions to make it clear, but I'm going to read Isaiah 58. And I will start from verse six. Jesus says, when you fast, you can expect God to respond. So let's go through some responses. Isaiah 58 verse 6, great section of the Bible starts speaking and the Lord says this, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of heaviness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked that thou cover him and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh, your own family, um, those who are yours. Verse eight, from verse eight, the rewards begin. So let's break it down and let's have some fun. This is why when you, when you read something in the Bible, study allows you to go and find exactly what God is talking about, which gives you, which builds your expectation because you have everything God says on a topic. And that's what I want you to see tonight. And so we've gone from Jesus saying that there is a reward. And when God's rewarding you, he's going to do it at your level. We'll talk about that in a minute. But now let's look at where God spoke about the kind of rewards that he responds or that he gives when people fast accurately. And I pray that from tonight, fasting will be something that will be quite desirous for you to do because you'll know there's a reward and God really loves it. So let's go on. Okay, the first thing is, then shall thy light break forth as the morning. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing God says is, notice, if your light has to break forth like the morning, that means that which is yours. Two things about light that I want you to remember. The first thing God says is, I will make sure light comes to you. And it will break forth like the morning, meaning it will be unstoppable. And so if you think about it, what I want you to realize, what is God showing you? He's saying that whenever you come to me in fasting and I accept it, I will ensure two things happen. Number one, 
your light will break forth like the morning. That means things will become clearer. God will make things clearer according to the truth. That's one. Number two, where does God bring in light? And I'll write this into the chat and I'll write this, but I will not necessarily, um, I'll write this down, but I will not necessarily turn there. Genesis chapter one, and we read, you can read from verses one to three, how does God bring in light? The Bible says the first problem in the Bible, the first problem in the Bible, God solves, which was the problem of darkness. And the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. When the Bible says that your light will break forth like the morning, when out of a season of fasting, the solution to the challenges you face will appear the same way morning appears. That means you won't be able to work out when it started. You will just realize you are in the middle of a miracle. And notice that also the Bible also says, um, and I'll find it for you. Um, I'll I'll find it. I'm make sure I'm using. Um, it's in Psalm one one nine, the entrance of Thy Word. Psalm one one nine verse thirty. Psalm one one nine verses one hundred and thirty. The Bible says. Let me go back to the Bible. Thank you. The Bible says. The entrance of God's word gives light. So ladies and gentlemen, what am I saying? What's the first thing that you can expect when you come into a season of fasting is that the light you are expecting, the necessary revelation knowledge, the necessary intervention of God, but most of all, the word of God that is going to not only change things, but order things and correct things will become a reality. That's the first reward that Jesus, so when Jesus says, when you fast, fast properly because God wants to give you a reward, the first reward is that light will come. And may light, if you are believing God for light, may light come to you tonight. So let's go on. What else does God say? The Bible says, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. Now, that, ladies and gentlemen, great scripture. The Bible says, and your health shall spring forth speedily. Now, when the Bible speaks about health, and if there's anybody believing God for healing, God will heal you. And it's, it's we hold on to God's word. But that word there, the word used for health is not just where God is dealing with sickness. God, the word health there means a restoration, a complete restoration. So nothing is missing and nothing is broken. Where we get the word sozo or salvation, where you are restored to an original state. And so what the Lord is saying, he said, your wholeness, that's the word that is used there, where we get holistic. He said, your wholeness will appear and it will come suddenly. Now, let me put that in context. When we say your wholeness, it's think about no matter what was missing, irrespective of whether it was impossible. And let me use Joseph as an example. 
so we can understand wholeness. And I'm going to go in the Bible to Genesis 41. And I'll, it, it's a great example of, of wholeness. And I'm going to read Okay, and I'm reading from Genesis 41, verse 37, and I'll read it, I'm reading in the King James Version of the Bible. So I've got, I've got two versions open just for convenience. And the Bible says this, from 37, so that's Genesis 41, from 37. This is what wholeness looks like. So starting from... Genesis 31 from verse 37, yes. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said to Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over all my house, promotion comes. And according to thy word shall all my people be ruled authority comes. Only in the throne will I be greater than now. He's elevated. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Freedom comes. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand. Authority comes and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and a gold chain about his neck. That means everything according to his rank, everything that was necessary for him to do what God had called him to do was granted in one moment. But let's keep going. Let's just keep going. Stay with me. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had promotion. And they cried before him, bowed the knee and made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Recognition. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh and without thee no man shall lift up his hand of foot in all the land of Egypt. A new season starts. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphnath paneah and gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On. Not only did they give Joseph a name causing his old shame or anything that made him stand out to be removed, the Bible says that they gave him a wife because he need at that point in time what was pharaoh saying that somebody at your level should have been married by now that ladies and gentlemen and the bible says and joseph went out over all the land of egypt now keep in mind joseph went from being a prison slave that is what wholeness looks like so when the bible says your health shall break spring forth speedily it means not only will god cause you to arrive where you are meant to arrive but everything necessary for you to function where you are going will happen as it is meant to happen that means doesn't matter the time you arrive. It doesn't matter whether you are late or early. It doesn't matter whether you are asking for something that is impossible. The Bible says God will restore you at his expense so everything works as normal. And this is one of the benefits. This is, So you can expect, can we put it into a word? The miraculous shows up, but let's keep going because God has only just started. So let's go back to Isaiah 58. 
So just for reference, I stopped reading at verse 45. So that's Genesis 41, 37 to 45. So let's go back to Isaiah 58. The Bible says, and let me make sure that we're, we're good on that. Fantastic. Then the Bible says, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. Pause for a moment. Our righteousness is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that means our righteousness or our right standing will go before thee. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a scriptural backing for every reward. And for this one, when the Bible says God's righteousness will go before you, I will ask you to come with me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm starting to laugh. Second Samuel 5. Second uh, Samuel 5. I will read just one verse. Second Samuel 5. And I'm just going to read one verse. Verse 20. So what does it mean when God, your righteousness, who is the Lord, he's the one, Jehovah Sidkenu, who is your righteousness. Jesus Christ is our righteousness. The Bible says he will go before you. Now listen carefully. What does that mean? That means, ladies and gentlemen, God will cause a breakthrough to happen where a breakthrough was not expected. Let me read one verse of scripture. Second Samuel 5 verse 20. Second Samuel 5 verse 20. The Bible says, and David came to Baal Perazim, and David smote them there and said, the Lord has broken forth upon my enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Please let me explain. David said, the Lord has broken forth. That means he has gone before me and he has made a way for me to have a victory. We call that a breakthrough. So whoever, one of the benefits of fasting, the Lord says is this, I will give you a breakthrough. Why? Your righteousness will go before you. So if God goes before you, whatever was going to stop you will have been moved aside by him and you will walk behind him as if the victory was yours. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we begin to realize um, is this. The third reward that we are looking at there is that God will give you breakthroughs. And so if you are when you come out of a fast, I need you to expect the reward of the Lord, and the Bible says, and we're only at the third one, and the Lord says, God will give you a breakthrough, okay? All right, let's keep going. <laughs> uh, we've got, thy light will break forth like the morning, thy health shall spring forth speedily, your righteousness shall go before thee, and the Bible says the following, the glory of the Lord shall be your re-reward. Now, re-reward in Old English means your rear guard. Where do we see that? We see that in the book of Exodus. The Bible says that the pillar of fire in the book when the children of Israel were in coming out of Egypt, the Bible says the pillar of fire moved from in front of them to behind them. Um, I'm just going to find it for you. It's in Exodus 14. Uh, 
Yes, verse 19. Exodus 14, 19. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having more fun than I, I normally am. Exodus 14, 19. The Bible says the following, and the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Verse 20, it says, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but gave light and night by night to these, so that one came not near the other all night. I don't know who I'm talking to, but ladies and gentlemen, when you come out of a fast, one of the things that the Bible says is that the glory of the Lord shall move from in front of you to behind you. That means it does not matter. He will separate you from impending doom, giving you time to become all that you are meant to become. And so, ladies and gentlemen, one of the rewards that God will do for you is that his glory will be your defense. They won't be able to find you, but God will give you time to become what he wants you to become. Then the Bible says, verse 9. Let's go to Isaiah 58, verse 9. Reward next, the next one. The Bible says, then thou shalt call and the Lord shall answer. Now pause for a moment. There is a type of prayer based upon the promises of God. So when the Bible says you shall call and the Lord shall answer, it is when you present to God something that he is presenting to you based upon his word. So when you call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says that God will answer. When you lift your voice in petition, when you call, I'll give you an example. Mark chapter 10, read it from verses 46. I'll put it into the chat. Mark 10, 46. And the Bible says that Bartimaeus called upon the name of the Lord. He said that, O thou Jesus, O thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says Jesus stood still. Ladies and gentlemen, the reward that God gives you is when you call upon him, he will answer. What type of prayer is that? Let me put that into the chat and I really pray this helps. Philippians 4 verse 6. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Now that word prayer is the where we get the word petition, where we call upon the Lord based upon something that he has said he will do. And ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that when you fast properly, one of the benefits and one of the powerful things about prayer is you will call and the Lord shall answer. It is priceless. That means whatsoever, that's a specific one. But then the Bible says, so let's go to number six because I'm watching the time. Number six is thou shalt cry and hear he shall say, here I am. That is very different from call. Call is things may be going wrong, but you know what? There is a calmness. You have time to work out the details. 
But the Bible says, when you cry, the Lord say, I am here. It's very different. When the Bible says that the, when somebody cries, lets out a cry, the Bible says that God will stop. So let's use Mark 10 verse 46. And I will read from the Amplified Bible. So let's look at those two things in action. Mark 10, and I'm going to read from 46. And let me switch to the Amplified Bible. Amplified Classic. Mark 10, 46. Then they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, a son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, saying, Jesus, son of David, have pity and mercy on me now. And many severely censured and reproved him, telling him to keep still. But he kept shouting out all the more, you son of David, you son of David, have pity and mercy on me now. And the Bible says, and Jesus stopped and said, call him. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Bible says that you will cry, the cry of a believer will hold the attention of the almighty God. And God won't just say, let it be so. He will say, I'm here now. And that is the benefit, one of the key benefits of fasting. Answered prayer. Not just answer prayer because God will make miracles happen, but answer prayer where God says, I'm here now. I'm, I'm, I'm here. And I will make happen what you need to make happen. Are we together? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's keep going. I don't want to run out of time tonight. And the Bible says I'm at verse. Really what? Yes. Okay. Then the Bible puts in a few more. It says, here I am. If thou take away the, from the mystery the yoke and putting forth of the finger and speak in vanity, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. Now, next benefit, verse Isaiah 58, verse 10. Then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday, meaning in difficult circumstances where others don't know what to do. The Bible says your light will rise so that you are either noticed or you clearly see a way out. When we say your light will rise in obscurity and your darkness, that means even though everywhere else is going through a challenge, it will be as the noonday. That means you will know what to do and things will change even though for everybody else, they do not change. Let me give you one scripture. Please turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27. And in Genesis 27, I'm going to read verse... Uh, no, Genesis 26. Genesis 26, and I'm going to read 
verse 12. What does it mean for your light to rise in obscurity? Genesis 26, verse 12. I will pop that into the chat. Just to show you that God has done all the things that he says he will do. Genesis 26, 12. The Bible said, then Isaac sowed in that land. Now, remember, this was a land that was in the middle of a famine. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted. And the Lord favored him with blessings. May God grant you out of season miracles. And so what I'm saying is the Bible says your light will rise in obscurity. Where you've had a series of rejections, someone is going to notice this is who you are and this is what you need. The Bible says, and your darkness will be as noonday. That means things that would have crushed you, things that crush others. In you will know, you will know what to do so that things change around you. Are we together? So keep that in mind. You will know what to do so things change around you. Your light will rise in obscurity. Okay, let's keep going. We're almost done. Thy darkness shall be as a noonday. Then verse 11. Isaiah 58 verse 11. The Bible says, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a water garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. God will cause, this is the, this is, this is, we're coming to the last one and we haven't even got to the biggest one, but we're coming there. Listen carefully. One of the benefits of you going into a fast, when Jesus says that God will reward you, he says he will guide you. And the Bible says he will then cause you to become countercultural to any circumstance going on. That means in the midst of a drought, in the midst of a downturn in the midst of a depression god will make sure you are watered he will make sure you become what you're meant to become but most of all he will make sure your waters do not fail there will be an unending source of supply this is the rewards that jesus is talking about where god intervenes like never before now using the case we just used and i think that's a good one isaac sows in a famine and you realize this is true. And the Bible says God blesses him in a famine. He, the same is also promised in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 to 8, that God will cause you to flourish in a famine. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please keep this in mind. God is going to make it all right this year. And then the Bible speaks about those of you so i'm going to pause in a moment i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm literally gonna stop here for a moment i want to just quickly wrap up the bible says they that be of these shall build the old waste places they shall raise up the foundations of many generations and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of paths to dwell in 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's the last one I'll talk about tonight. And that's found in Isaiah 61 verses one to four, where God causes things that have been lost. I'll put it in the chat. Isaiah 61 verses one to four. The Bible says God will cause a restoration by the power of an anointing of things that seem to be taken, robbed, things stolen from you. The Bible says the blind eyes will be opened, prisons will be opened. The Bible says that things that are completely destroyed, the Bible said to those that mourn in Zion, the Bible says where you have ashes, God will give you beauty. Where you have the spirit of heaviness, God will give you the garment of praise. The oil of joy will come to those who are mourning in Zion. What am I saying? That God will cause that which was taken from you to be restored. How? By the power of of an anointing. And so ladies and gentlemen, what I wanted you to remember is this point number nine. And this is what I want you to keep in mind. When Jesus says, when you fast, God will reward you. This is what he's talking about. And so ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize tonight, and this is where we, this is where we're going to stop. When you look at all the things that we've gone, looked at up until now, so this is what we do after a fast, every single thing we've spoken about attracted a miraculous response. And so, <laughs> amen, amen. Everything lost and stolen. So amen. So I'm going to pause there. A couple of questions I want to grab hold of. you have any questions, ladies and gentlemen, if you... Put them into the chat. Um, I got one question already, um, and it's this. Somebody's speech has become very affected because of their health, and it's causing them to become repetitive. That means that they're struggling to get the words out. And it's, it's just a part of the illness that they're going through. Will this affect God hearing them or accepting their prayers? Because we spoke about do not be repetitive. Let me settle. It will not affect your prayers in any way, shape, or form. And the reason is 1 Samuel chapter 16, reading from verse 7, the Bible says, even before, and also Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, remember, before you've uttered the words, God reads your heart. The Bible says God doesn't look on the outward, he looks at your heart. That means even if you are struggling to put get the words out because of a physical challenge god knows what's going on in your heart and he will work with your heart if you are being hypocritical where you are just saying things for the sake of saying things that's completely different this is not under your control so even though you are facing a physical challenge in that manner just keep praying because god will look at your heart and so keep that in mind um and so, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, do we have any more questions? If not, there's one more thing I want. I want. I, I, well, as we wrap up tonight, remember this is. And so, okay, how do we? Um, quick question: How do we get these teachings into our heart and our spirit so they become 
become part of who we genuinely are? Great question. So how do you get them into your heart and spirit? So let's put this in context. This is what Jesus said. So let me go to Matthew 13. And fantastic question. Matthew 13, where the parable of the sower is listed. And I'm going to read verses 15 and 16. Matthew 13, 15 and 16. The Bible says the following. So how do you get things into your heart? Jesus says, for this people's heart is wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing. Hearing is one. And their eyes they have closed. Seeing is two. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. The Bible then says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. So how do you get these messages into your heart and into your spirit? The first thing is listen to them over and over again until the words form pictures. That is imaginations, memories and perceptions so that it becomes real on your inside. That's the way to do it. Then remember what we said about studying the Bible. So read it. Let's go through that that little section again. And it's read study that means get the details meditate think about imagine bring into your world by the powers that you have which is the power of imagination the power of memory the power of confession and when you begin to say the word of god and then act on it as you do so the word these messages and the words the, the bible when we say the message, the words of the Bible will systematically become a part of you. And it's, please, let me say this carefully. It is persistent and it is diligent, but it is simple. The miracle happens when you stick with it. Reference point, please keep this in mind. You can, um, Habakkuk chapter two, reading from verses one to four. Habakkuk two, reading from verses one to four. The Bible says something about a vision. The Bible says, write the vision down and make it plain. Write it upon tables so that he may read it, that, so he that runneth may read it. What does that mean? Write down what you remember. So when you're listening to the message, write the list out and put it on your mirror. Why? Every time you read it, it will drive the process of confession and it will give the same burst of energy that you got when you listened to it for the first time. And the Bible says that's how a vision will become a reality. Say it, read it, say it, do it. Read it, say it, do it. And that's how it works. And then tell others, this is the power of testifying. Tell others that, you know what, I did this today and bang, God did it. Let me celebrate. And what that means is while you are telling the story, your faith is being built. And so great question. Listen to the things again. Now, the good thing is they're free. Before we had to buy tape CDs and stuff like that. But all you have to do now is just get onto the podcast and listen to it at your own time. Remember, it's not all going to come in at once, but the things that you need right now will come in systematically. And as you read these verses of scripture, God will begin to build them up from there. So ladies and gentlemen, so I hope that answers that question. Okay. I hope that answers that question. Great question. Um, somebody wanted um, to send me a question. Please send 
and email to the ladies at communication. If you have a question and a testimony and you want to send it in, they'll put their email address into the chat. Please send the email in, into them and I will get it. Once I get it, I'll read it. And then by God's grace, if there are any questions, I will be able to answer them. And so ladies and gentlemen, as we come to the end tonight, as we come to the end of this season, remember, let's go back to Jesus's words. Let's, let's go back to what Jesus said. And Jesus said, when you fast, God will reward you. And when you come into a place of fast, this is why fasting becomes fun and fasting becomes really special. I want you to keep this in mind that, please remember, a reward doesn't mean you deserve it. Please keep this in mind. A reward the person does not necessarily deserve it. It is simply because what is done is valued by the rewarder. And then he can respond based upon his resources, his abilities, and his appreciation. And so, ladies and gentlemen, God says, I will reward you. And so, what I want to do is just as a refresher for all the things that we spoke about, the eight things that we told you to do, there was a miraculous response. And I'm just gonna go through the, re the responses as a list. So for the first thing that we said, which was do what you've prayed for, Ezra's faith confessions became a reality. Number two, when we said fight to keep the gains you've won, um satan was beaten and the ministry of angels stepped in because we were speaking about jesus christ and ladies and gentlemen angels are real and god will send them into your world on his behalf number three when you build your world with your words remember the story that we spoke about was a shunammite woman and the bible says that that which was impossible became possible number four we spoke about never underestimate the power of a routine and what happened. God will arrange your circumstances for a miracle. And we looked at a couple of examples. Um, Rebecca was one of them. Number five, when you testify, your faith is developed. Let me just get that right. Yes. Number five is when you testify, your faith is developed. Number six is where we said ramp up your Bible study. What was the outcome? The miraculous became possible and it became normal because God's, the power and ability of God finds its way into your heart and comes out of your mouth. The result is the miraculous. And ladies and gentlemen, number seven, where we said replace a season of fasting with a season of moderation, and this one is really special to me, is the grace of finishing became yours. Nehemiah finished what God had asked him to do because of the ability, the season of moderation that he placed in his life. Ladies and gentlemen, number eight was this, do what he told you. God did not just bless the Israelites in 2 Chronicles 20. He changed their seasons. And the Bible says from that point forward, Jehoshaphat, had peace. And ladies and gentlemen, may the reward of peace be granted to you from this day forward. And I pray, and my prayer is very simple tonight. 
I pray that as you have come out of a season of fasting, or if you are in a season of fasting, doesn't matter how long you fast, as long as you fast properly, the rewards are yours. And so ladies and gentlemen, let's say a prayer. And Father, we ask as we close out this session, we pray in the name of Jesus for all the things that you said, wherever they are needed, let them come upon your people. We pray, O oh Lord, that your word comes alive to them and that the Bible becomes fun. And Father Almighty God, let them discover you. Let them understand Christ. Let them understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But most of all, let them realize that they serve a miracle working God. Father, there might be people on this call who are believing God for healing from a very deep challenge. We speak life over you. For those of you that are going through something, we ask in the name of Jesus that God will guide you continually. I pray simply that your light breaks forth like the morning. I pray that your light rises in obscurity. I pray that God waters everybody on this call like a garden, that a season of drought no longer affects you. And ladies and gentlemen, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that most of all, that God is glorified in your life. May God keep you and may God bless you. We'll definitely see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and so we're going to start a new series next week. God bless you.